You deserve to know this. We must not be afraid to define our enemy. It is the Spider-Man Show. You know who you are. Super. And we're coming to get you. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. <laughs> and I will assume that you're the listener. Welcome to our radio show. Yeah, you know, we have a nifty little lineup for you, so it would be somewhat nice if you decided to hang around so I'm not just talking to myself here. Uh, with me is our designated laugher, Gina. Hey, display to everyone your state-of-the-art laughing skills, if you would. <laughs> All right, thank you. Also with us is our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Say something, anything will do, as long as it's brief. Yeah, oh, well, I would like to say hello to everyone. You know, outside of my position as lead salesman at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum... South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum... This co-host position is my favorite job thus far in my career. You know, it's been so much All right, fun all right. Getting... This is now a serious violation of my directive to be brief, okay? Oh. We're going to move along. You know, I was listening uh, to an old show we aired. It was like la- it was last week. Yeah, it was, it was a rerun from about a year and a half ago. Adam Carolla, Harlan Williams, oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think Blanco Bronco were on. And anyway, you suggested on the air that we follow the example of Roger Ailes, the ex-mastermind of Fox News, who is now uh, toast. Do you remember that? Uh, yes, yes, I do. You know, Roger Ailes and, and what he did uh, at Fox News were great, uh, great models for any broadcast program to emulate. What? Would you be where you you are had there not been a sex tape no well you can't deny that all divisions of rupert murdoch's empire dominate especially his newspapers though i know our listeners in england at cornucopia radio had to deal with all those topless women on page three of the sun over the years Oh, thank God that has been removed now. Oh, thanking God's a bit much, but well, yeah, it was it was a really cheesy way to to sell newspapers. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I guess a uh, big surprise at Fox News. You know, has all has, has all those signature blondes on their channel right now. It, it mm-hmm. still looks like a freaking Victoria's Secret, you know, runway show. I, I just don't feel comfortable hearing about tragedies around the world from you know women with a ton of makeup. You know, and dressed to the nines for fancy cocktail parties. Makes, <laughs> I don't know. I just, just doesn't work for me. Well, you know, Spud, as a happily married man, 
I won't say that I would ever turn in, tune into a news program to view gorgeous women, but it's clear that this recipe works, and there's no shame in borrowing concepts that others have found success with. Gerald, don't address your sexual needs by viewing Fox News. Cause Steve Ducey's face could appear, and no amount of booze will ever make him your erotic muse. You know, for the record, I find Shepard Smith, you know, attractive in a southern frat boy uh, kind of way. But huh. I know you've already suggested in numerous staff meetings that we need to hire some blondes for the show. I, I take it you're talking about women, right? Yes. Well, as this is a radio show, I've said hair color is really not that important. But we certainly could utilize some, dare I say it, sex appeal in our promotional photos for the social media posts. I am pregnant. You know, I've been doing some reading up on this topic, and wouldn't you know it, there's research that validates the theory that people are drawn to erotic images. Gerald, shut it. I mean, well, duh. If, if a research geek put two magazines in front of some Fox News viewing dude, you know, say one was a real estate reg and uh -huh. one was the latest issue of Playboy... Well, okay, not Playboy now. Maybe like Maxim. I pretty much know what he'd pick up. Good call, yo. Exactly. Now, again, I would not be perusing those types of publications because I'm a happily married man. But yeah. we cannot deny the marketplace, Spud. So maybe you understand better now why I continue to advocate that we try to improve the visual image of the show. But what about our, our female or, or our gay male listeners? And what do we offer them? Maybe besides not, not allowing you like your or my face on yeah. anything that's shown to the public, you, you know if we go down this road of showcasing eye candy, we basically have to go underground, right? Yeah. Anyway, right now, I, I need to bring on our musical guest. Uh, it's Joey Klein. Uh, we'll be talking with, with him a little later in the show. Um, here he is, Mr. Joey Klein. Thank you very much. Wandering in case you're wondering I don't speak Mandarin But I liked him some fine Dim some, lose some and win some All that and then some And I liked him some fine when it's time to sing the softer pretty bridge I'll part the drapes and step out on the ledge and take a big deep breath to manage all my fright I'm hungering and the humbow sounds just right Cause I'm wandering In case you're wondering I don't speak Mandarin But I liked him some fine Dim some, lose some and win some All that and then some And I liked him some fine when it's time to sing the softer pretty bridge I'll part the drapes and step out on the ledge and take a big deep breath 
to manage all my fright I'm hungering and the humbow sounds just right Dim some, lose some and win some All that and then some And I liked him some fine I liked him some fine I liked him some fine This is the Spud Goodman Show This is the Spud Goodman Show Greetings beautiful mutants This is Mark Mothers Bathroom Debo with you on the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud, your first guest, Ian Ziering, is waiting to speak with you. Now, he's the star of one of those uh, Sharknado movies, right? Yes, I really, really love all those Sharknado movies. And thank God there's a new one now about to drop because I'm seriously pumped for it. And and now we get to speak to Finn Shepard. I I mean, Ian Ziering. Yes! It just doesn't get any cooler than this, man. You know, know, I'm much more familiar with Ian from his uh, days on Beverly Hills 90210. That was on for, I think, 10 years. Something like that. And I never missed an episode. Truth be told, and this is a bit embarrassing to say, but I had a serious crush on that. Look, it's nothing to be embarrassed about admitting Ian's a very handsome man. No, no, no. no. I had a serious crush on on Shannon Doherty. Seriously. She was such a bad girl, but there was something about her. You know, she has those pouty lips, her naughty smile, her vivacious personality. I often tell my wife, Rachel, she looks a bit like Shannon in just the right lighting. You know, that is the classic example of too much information. Just put Ian on, please. Yeah, here he is. Please say hello to actor Ian Ziering. Thanks for checking in with us. Thanks, guys. How's everybody? Yeah, well, we're doing okay. Um, So let me begin by stating I will not try to hide how excited I am to speak with you about Sharknado 4 The Fourth Awakens, premiering on the Sci-Fi Channel on the 31st. These movies are not just entertainment. They represent something much more to millions of people around the world. And I hope you know the significance of what you're giving us all, okay? Two hours not counting commercial breaks of total happiness. And I know I speak for so many others by saying we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Oh, that's! I'm so flattered. I'm so tickled that you guys dig the movie so much. I don't think it was ever really put to me the way you've just uh, so eloquently um, shared your excitement for it. Thank you. I worked for hours on that statement. Um, so, so first nice one. Yeah. So, first question: Just how dangerous is it for you and your character Finn Shepard during the production of these movies? Because it looks like you're put in some really hairy situations. Do you do you do your own stunts with the sharks? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I'm doing all the wire work, flying around the set. Um, swinging chainsaws. Uh, in this movie, we we do some running on top of a, a train. So wow. that was kind of fun, jumping from train car to train car. Yeah, super. The producers wanted the stuntman to do it, but um, I, I, you know, I felt like it was within my ability to jump two feet. So, you know, much to their uh, dismay, I did my own my own stunt work, and you know, didn't get banged up. Uh, too much for it. All right, it's all a right. blast. These movies are so fun. Right. Well, after seeing the first Sharknado movie, I found myself constantly worrying about possible water spouts in the oceans when I, you know, would go to the seashore, and even when I went swimming or fishing at lakes. I mean, I know sharks aren't in lakes, but I worried about like catfish or big bass maybe raining down on me. So what I'm saying is, Sharknado has caused, I'm guessing, many a great deal of concern. You know, it is part of the pro. You know, it's the byproduct of the movie. Nowhere near 
what Jaws did to me when I was a kid. Well, good I point. think people, most people realize that this is all tongue-in-cheek, kind of campy stuff. When I saw Jaws... If I may second what I had just said. Seriously? Uh, excuse me, I know I'll be right back. Yeah, man. Spud, I've mentioned many times when you speak so reverently about the Sharknado films that yes. they are just fun, escapist movies that have no bearing in reality. It is scientific. You don't know that. Well, it's impossible for a Sharknado to occur. You need to listen to what I am saying here, as your imagination often gets the better of your common sense. I know everything in Sharknado movies might not occur in real life. Not everything, but Mother Nature can do some pretty scary things. Well, I wouldn't say it's totally impossible for a Sharknado to hit us all. I mean, nothing is impossible. It could happen, maybe, possibly. You never know. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's in your best interest to watch movies like Sharknado, Spud. Your constant fear of the apocalypse and disasters, it's greatly exacerbated when you see these make-believe events on screen. It's just entertainment. I prefer to call it infotainment, like cable news. It always has no. a small bit of verified factual information if you look closely. I know sharks exist. I know wicked storms happen. Yeah. So you add it up, and all I'm saying, it's better to be prepared for this type of disaster than turn your back and say it could never occur. That's just common sense, man. <sighs> I give up. J just get back to Ian and finish the interview. My God. And that's what I'm going to do. Hey, sorry about that, Ian, but I'm back. Great. But let me say this. Your, your fellow cast member, uh, Tara Reid, is surprisingly still alive, too, in The Fourth Awakens and has not been victimized by a hungry shark so far. So, you know, it's a good thing you guys don't have well, to Well, see. she kind of has. She's been victimized. She had her arm bit That's off. That's true. That's true. That's you know, true. in the end of Sharknado 3, a huge piece of space debris fell on her. Yeah. She comes back in The Fourth Awakens to really answer the question of does she live or does she die? That's that's a good point. But I guess what I was going to say, it's a good thing you guys don't have the same production staff as Game of Thrones because you mo both might have been eaten in the first Sharknado, shark you know, because anybody on that show can bite it. You guys have been pretty fortunate. Yeah. You know, we uh, I pay a lot of bribe money to be in these movies. All right, super. Well, so David Hasselhoff <laughs> is back, you know, after surviving, you know, Sharknado 3. So how cool is it to have the Hoff playing your dad? That would be amazing. He's great. Such a nice guy. Um, consummate professional. Really enjoy working with David. He's, uh, he's fantastic. The Hoff is awesome. Yeah, wow. Well... You know, Ian, you've also been a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, you know, changing the subject slightly. You know, we've had many contestants from that show on our program. Uh, did you experience any like, unfair or illegal dance moves performed by your competitors? And I wanted to know if they test for performance-enhancing drugs after each episode, because I contacted the World <laughs> Doping Agency, Anti-Doping Agency, and they won't respond. I, I, was, I don't know about any of that stuff. I was just too concerned without, by not kicking my own ankles uh, and not stepping on my own feet. I did the best I could, had a great time on that show. It's funny, whenever I meet uh, grandmas at weddings or social events and they want to do a foxtrot, and I don't know how to foxtrot. I said, look, unless you can move like Cheryl Burke and know the routine I was taught, um, we're going to just have to do the box step. I, I think you're being <laughs> modest because you are quite a dancer. I, that's what I've heard. You, you cut it up on the dance floor. But I also understand the Chippendale dancers make an appearance in The Fourth Awakens. So, but is it true that one time they let you dance with them in like a show in Vegas? I worked with them for two summers in Las Vegas. I headlined their show at the Rio. Um, six week stints. I did a little residency there, uh, brought my family out to Vegas, and we had fantastic summers there. Yeah, and I, and I was a stripper. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, hey, I'm just putting my kids through school. Dang. I'm just putting my kids through school. 
<laughs> was the audience ever inappropriate? It was a great time. I had so much fun. The show's flirty. It's not really dirty. So I didn't really have a problem with it. Nothing my mother would have been ashamed of me for participating in. And my wife was totally behind it. So wow. you know what? This is what I do. I'm an actor. This time I was playing a Chippendale. Right. Well, there wasn't like too much PDA, you know, like groping and stuff. I was just curious. I could be scary as sharks. Uh, not really. There were, we do have some interaction with the audience on stage, but it, they're really, you know, there's no public displays of affection. It's, you know, all right. you get a hug here or there, but it's not... It's all above board. All right, all right, super. Well, um, do, he, do, you, do you acknowledge the contributions that Sharknado has had on all of the climate change skeptics? Because I think you guys have started to bring them around a little bit. They are, you know, they aren't totally there, but you've helped the cause. Seriously. Uh, you know, I <laughs> you're, you're thinking too, too deeply about a movie that is as deep as a, a puddle. This is not meant to go into any kind of political arena. This is not meant to be a statement on our environment. This is pure escapism. You know, at a time where there's so many dark spots around the world um, yes. for so many different reasons, this, yes. is, this is a chance to just, you know what, I'm going to have fun for an hour and a half, two hours, and watch this crazy, ridiculous movie and see how Finn Shepard is going to save his family. If I may jump in here, Spud. What? No, don't, not again. Well, I just want to say, I told you so. It is just a movie. Whatever. I just, I just, I'm just saying, for some of us, it means a lot more, but I understand what you're saying. All right, well, let me close this interview by asking you, what has been your most memorable moment while filming a Sharknado movie? I, there's got to be many. Can you pick out one? Uh, one particular moment is when we were shooting in New York City, Sharknado 2. I was standing on top of a fire truck, and... Just after I did my no-look, behind-the-back shark fillet, um, I raised the, the huge chainsaw in the air, and I scream, let's go kill some sharks. And not just our set erupted, but the entire city block of New Yorkers all screamed, yeah, Finn, let's go kill some sharks. It was so funny um, just to see the, uh, the people that were offset, just offset, uh, interacting uh, with us. It was really great. People wow. knew what we were doing and were very supportive in New York. It was a lot of fun. It was a, just one of those moments that uh, really stand out. All right. Super. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, let me remind everyone that Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens, premieres on the Sci-Fi Channel on the 31st at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific, and will also be available for later viewings, I am sure. Uh, so we really appreciate you calling into our show. Oh, well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you. All right, Mr. Ian Ziering. This is the Spud Goodman Goodman Show. Show. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Spud, our show psychic, Ted Marr, is ready to go. Good. You know, there's something I want to speak to him about, so do his plug and put him on. Oh, right. Ted Marr's Out of This World can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW 1150 AM in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Please say hello to our show's psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks for calling in again. Oh, you're welcome, Spud. It's wonderful to be here. Right. Well, so I recently spoke to you about ghosts and the process of, you know, maybe getting to heaven or whatever you call it, but I did neglect to ask you about that other destination out there. You know, when we sign off for good hell, I'm speaking of hell, uh... Yeah, you know, I hope you have some some good news. Uh, you know, as me being a lapsed Catholic, I, I still remain in wet my pants fear of that place. 
Mm-hmm. Well, on the other side, there is a, you could call it hell. It's the lower part of the fourth dimension called the astral plane, where there are a lot of negative entities. Oh. Um, also, for some spirits, hell is, is in this dimension, in this third dimension as well. Wow. You mean like on Earth right now? On Earth right now, and people actually are living through hell of their own creation. Dang. Uh, is that like permanent or temporary? Um, everything's temporary. I mean, nothing lasts forever. Everything mm-hmm. lasts. Uh, nothing lasts forever. And when you go into the higher dimensions, there's no such thing as time. Everything's happening all at once. Spud, if you want yes. my input here, I'm quite sure that hell does in fact actually exist. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't know. If the center of the Earth was that hot, it would melt all the Arctic regions for sure. Um, global warming? Hello? Have you seen the current satellite photos? I thought all you Republicans didn't believe in that voodoo science. Well, I sure don't believe it's caused by humans here on Earth, but the devil? (laughs) Of course, he is capable of causing mayhem everywhere as he is pure evil. Did you get that one from either one of those Koch brothers? I'm just just asking. I've never heard that one before. Well, I understand you're a non-believer, but trust me, the final days are quite possibly upon us, and the devil sure seems to be winning this ongoing battle spot. Yeah, I'm bored now, so I gotta get back to Ted, so keep oh. your opinions to yourself, all right, until we close the show. Hey, Ted, I'm back. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I've read a lot about that Lucifer dude. He's not a good guy, so mm-hmm. I hope you know what you're talking about here. I, he, he's not. He, so what you're saying is he's not real. Is that correct? Oh, he's very real. <clears throat> Actually, uh, has I various guess, names. Uh oh. Um, some of the some of the entities call them the reptilians, who our government's been involved with secretly since 1954. Because if you look at a reptilian, they look just like Lucifer, and and there's a lot of cross references between the two. Geez, so there is a place maybe where bad people go then, huh? You know, people who maybe cheat on their taxes, their husbands, or wives. I mean, it's not, wow. I, I knew there had to be some kind of penalty, you know, in life for being a dick to others. So what you're saying is you, you end up having to pay in the end, huh? Generally speaking, um, if you're nasty to somebody else without cause, um, you, get, you get payback, all right, and it generally comes back to you ten, at least ten times. Sometimes more, depending on the uh, on the on the act. Ten times, and it includes thoughts. Mm-hmm. It includes thoughts and deeds as uh, thoughts as well. So if you think negativity towards somebody unjustifiably, that can also have its karmic consequences. Well, dang, I am totally screwed then. But all right, well, there I'll have to think about this one. This one's gonna I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight. Anyway, all right, there you have it. Our uh, show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thank you, Spud. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Hi, I'm Dahlia. And Lucian. And we're Pigs Now. Pigs Now. And we are on. And we are on. This is Dahlia and Lucian. And we are Pigs Now. And we are Pigs Now. We are playing at the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you, Mr. Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 
Hey, getting back to what we were talking about earlier here, yeah. you know, copying the Fox News recipe for ratings. You do know the guy you worship, Roger Ailes, the ex-head guy at Fox News, got sued for sexual harassment. He hit on the help. Yeah. I, th I think it was one of the many blondes there, Gretchen Carlson. I mean, man, you have to give her props, as that was a gutsy move. She is a true American hero. Yeah, yeah, I, I did read that, and it was very unfortunate, if true. But, you know, Spud, we don't know all the facts at this time, so let's not rush to judgment here. Maybe he's actually innocent. Well, why not? Uh, this is Fox News we're talking about. It's jack what you're saying. I see no good from coming from rejoicing in the troubles of others. That is a tenet I was taught in Sunday school, and it holds true for me today. I yeah, feel I, I hope the woman, the women, I should say, he supposedly harassed yeah. get more than a my bad from him in News Corp. Hell will freeze over. Well, <laughs> you know, if I was a woman and a guy pulled that crap on me, I would kick him in the nuts right away. Bam. <laughs> Spud kicking Roger Ailes in the nuts. The Sika men's would be tough as he reportedly has a protective cup sewn into his depends. But, you know, one does not kick a superior in the testicles when working in the corporate world. That's a no-no. Listen, I know uh -huh. you're somewhat of a rebel in the work environment, but there are accepted standards of behavior. Look, I'm just saying, if I was a woman, I wouldn't dig a saggy old dude, you know, kind of like you and me, drooling all over me at work. Not real appealing, right, Gina? Uh. Well, regardless, whatever lawsuits are pending and what happened to Mr. Ailes, no one can deny the Fox News model is the gold standard right now in cable news. That is messed up, yo. Have you read the you know their current demographics? Because I saw this online. Old, straight, white dudes, 68 to 81. Uh. What guy in that group doesn't dig younger women in short skirts, huge earrings, and on a ton of makeup? Okay, maybe not old hippies, but, you know, that was the fantasy most of them grew old with. So, you know, all Ailes, you know, had to do was, you know, serve up, you know, some content that supports their feeling that the world's changing too fast, you mm -hmm. know, being surrounded by gay people, migrants, and a black president. And, and you got a winner for a while, but in 10 to 15 years, you know, they're going to be dead. And I guess we're right behind them. You know, th that channel's going to be the next generation's video rental store then. Over the line! Remember those? Well, I sure do. I still have my Blockbuster membership card in my wallet because, you know, you never know. They might make a comeback. Yeah, right. Keep hope alive. Why don't you make yourself useful and check and see if our next guest is ready to go? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm being told by the board that, yes, your next guest, Jesse Ventura, is holding and ready to be interviewed. All right. Very cool. I was a big fan of Jesse the Body Ventura. He was a beast in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, pro wrestling is not something my wife allows our two boys to watch. She feels it would cause them to tear each other apart while watching what? it in our family room. Man, your wife censors more stuff than the Taliban does. Do your kids have any fun? At all? Well, they are allowed to play charades as long as they keep oh, it to appropriate topics. Nice. When those homeschooled kids turn 21 and hit the bars, there's going to be hell to pay for sure. Just a heads up. Well, as a parent, you should be ready. I don't think my boys are going to be frequenting bars, bud. Courtney, Chloe. Yeah, unless they get married at like 16 or something, you're dreaming. Uh, just put Jesse on. Yeah, all right, here he is. Please welcome author, former governor, ex-Navy SEAL, actor, and most importantly, Hall of Fame wrestling great Jesse Ventura. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Or do I have to say governor? When you hold office, that title's for life, right? Yeah, sp you're, you're supposed to have the title for life. That's correct. All right. Well, that's kind of cool. Anyway, all right. Well, you have a new book out, uh, 
politicians say the funniest, dumbest, most outrageous things ever uttered by our leaders. Now available online and at all bookstores, so from the title I'm guessing the gist of the book is most politicians are volume talkers and of course eventually say mind-numbingly dumb things, huh? Yeah, pretty much, and it's even worse today, because today if you're in that line of work and with uh, the modern technology we have and the social media network that's out there due to that technology, anything 24-7 that a politician says can and will be used against them in the court of public opinion today, so it's, it, it'll, it, it's not going to get any better, you're going to hear more and more politicians say. <laughs> All right, that's something to look forward to. Well, you know, people really like top 10 or top 100 lists. Do you rate which politician would be number one in uttering dumb things? And can we venture a guess who might be number one? Well, there's a lot of good ones. George W. Bush was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Sarah Palin's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. At that. Uh, Michelle Bachman, if you recall her, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, she, she's very good at it, and just about all of them. And let me add, though, I told uh, Tony Lyons, my, my publisher, when we came up with this concept for this book a couple years ago, I said, to be fair, you're going to have to do, I'll have to be the last chapter. So I've included myself in the last chapter of many things that I said. Well, that was generous so, to uh, yeah. there, there, It's all in there, but the difference is I'll stand behind what I said. Oh, super. Well, do you think most politicians really believe the they have to say to get elected? Because they must have to rehearse in front of a, you know, a mirror, and, and so they don't break out laughing. Just work on it so they don't crack up, right? Because I mean, you. you well, I don't know that because see, I never had speech writers. I didn't use teleprompters, and I spoke from the heart when I ran. I didn't have any of that stuff available to me because I I didn't ask for a bunch of money when I ran for governor of Minnesota. I only raised three hundred thousand dollars. And wow. that was from $50 contributions from people. So I, I couldn't really answer that because I could only be myself. And huh. so I just truthfully answered questions, and I never used a prepared speech, and it worked out pretty good for me. Wow, yeah. And there's no way I could say, let's make America great again or fighting for us out loud without cracking up. I, that's just me, but I'm, I guess that's why I'm not running for office. Okay, let's talk presidential politics for a moment. Remember when people were shocked that an ex-professional wrestler could actually be elected governor in this country? Because Donald Trump's prior experience makes your resume then seem like you're an honors graduate at the Oxford School of Government. Well, you know, let's remember something, and I faced this when I ran. We're supposed to be a citizen government where you bring the values you've been as a citizen and what you've learned in your life to bear, and you go to Washington and you do public service, and then when you're done, you're supposed to go back to what you used to do. That's the way it was designed. So, you know, people criticized me and said, how are you qualified to be the governor? And I said, well, I'm, I'm 35 and I'm a resident of the state. That's what it says. Well, yeah. And the same and the same's true for president. Right. If you're 35 years old and you're a US citizen, you're qualified because we're supposed to be a citizen government. And then it's up to us as voters to deem who we want to be the president. So, to me, everyone's qualified essentially to be president of the United States. Yeah, well, it's just a matter of who can do it. But you actually held jobs before running, you know, rather than just assuming the title of robber baron from your dad. So, I mean, I thought you had some life experience, uh, some decent, healthy life experience. So I just well, I, I do look at it this way. Tell me one of the candidates out of all 16 Republicans and all the Democrats, any of them been in the military? No. 
Yep. And yet they're all going to be the commander in chief, and they have virtually no military experience to speak of. Well, and they so. all want to go to war. And all 16 Republican candidates all admitted they'd commit a war crime before they got the office. They said they would torture. This now, as a veteran, I'm offended. You're telling me the future commander in chief can admit they'll commit a war crime? Yeah, uh, and that, you're right. That was unanimous across the board in the, in the primary. Yes, it was. And and we're electing people who will commit war crimes. Yeah. Excuse me. Does the name Hitler ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. All right. Well, let me. If you, in fact, if you look at this year's election and all our politics right now, go back and read history of Germany in the 30s. We're matching them perfect. We're alienating one group of people and blaming all our troubles on them, the Latino Mexican. Well, that's what Germany did to the Jews. Same thing. Right. We're militarizing our police force. That's what the Germans did back then. We're building our military bigger and bigger. That's what the Germans did back then. Somebody better wake up in this country and start reading some history. I'm getting kind of scared here, but, you know, you're kind of on the money. Well, uh, let me hit you with this one. You know, I know you live part-time in Mexico, off the grid, I heard. So when you're driving, you know, you, I guess you drive back and forth. Uh, so how do you plan yep. on climbing over that wall President Trump is going to build at the border? Because he said it's going to be really, really tall. How are you going to get over I it? Won't, I, won't, I won't have to negotiate it because once I leave, I won't come back. Oh. Okay. All right. That's for the record. Because uh, I don't want to live inside East Berlin. All of you up here will be living inside East Berlin. I will prefer to live outside East Berlin. Okay. Well, off the record, I got to ask Fair you. Enough. I got to ask you this off the record, though, in Mexico. Do you do have at least have cable, don't you? I have what? Do you at least have cable TV down there, though, don't you? I was going to ask. Absolutely you. not. Ooh. I don't have television down there. Wow. You are rough. When I go to Me when I go to Mexico, I call it flushing your brain out. I don't have the only thing I have down there. I can communicate by Skype. Skype. All right. Okay. That's right. the only thing. All right. Um, I can get I can get on the computer via the satellite, but uh, I have no television down there and no. Uh, oh, I can get serious radio though. But if I may interject here, what? Uh, hey, uh, Jesse, just one moment. Yep. Yeah. What? Well, it was great to hear that Jesse's chosen to unplug from television. You know, my wife, Rachel, and I are contemplating doing the same in our home. We both feel our children would benefit if they were shielded from the influences that this medium rains down on us all. How could one survive without TV? I'm not going to press Jesse on this, but, but I think he may later regret this course of action. Even if he is living on some isolated beach in Mexico, one still needs to know what's going on with, like, Dancing with the Stars, Lock Up on MSNBC, and all those housewife shows, you miss one episode and you have a hard time following what's going on. When he resurfaces in modern society, he's going to be facing, you know, some really tough times and be confused when he turns on the TV. Well, I understand. As a family, we have discussed the pros and cons of this. Of course, the kids are vehemently against it, but Rachel and I feel they will come around after a few months away from it. It might take some time to, you know, go through the withdrawal symptoms that will follow, but in the long run, we feel it's the right decision. But between you and me, Rachel has said she'll continue to watch Ellen and The View and when the kids are in school, you yeah. know. I myself will probably keep watching Grey's Anatomy. I really yeah, like okay, that that's, show. That's nice to know. Yeah. Now let me get back to Jesse. Hey, I'm sorry about that, man, but I'm back. Thank I, you. Well, let me close with this because I know you got to go. Um, 
in the ring, who is the toughest dude you ever wrestled? I know it got you can make it really brief. Well, probably Mad Dog for Sean. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he was never too much of an enjoyment to be in there with. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you you dished it out, too. You didn't just always take it. But, yeah, all right. Well, I know you got to go. you you got places to go, people to talk to. So I want to remind everyone that you have a new book out everywhere. Politicians say the funniest, dumbest, most outrageous things ever uttered by our leaders. Hey, we really appreciate you calling into our show. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll do it again because I'll have another book out in the fall real quick called The Marijuana Manifesto. Oh, sounds like a, oh, it's a very interesting. Mr. Jesse Ventura. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the Spud Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please say hello to a longtime acquaintance and prior musical guest on my old TV show as a member of the legendary Northwest band, The Squirrels, Mr. Joey Klein. Welcome to our little radio show. Why, thank you. Hi, guys. Hi, bud. So let's touch on the brand new CD, Forever Blowing Bubbles, that is killing it on the Amazon top new releases list. Where else is it available? Oh, it's also available on iTunes and Spotify and through CD Baby, where you can get CDs and download cards. All right. And it's just trickling out all over the place all of a sudden. Super. Well, from listening to it, it's clear that it isn't something you just knocked out in an afternoon. How many man hours went into it? Well, let's see. I would say... um, well, let's calculate this. 183.15. Super. All that's right. Pretty, that's pretty good. Well, you know, Joey, as a Northwest treasure who has flown somewhat under the radar nationally as a solo musician over the years, I, I hope you're ready for your moment in the sun as you, you truly deserve it and it's coming. So are you prepared? I am. I have uh, suntan lotion. I've got a ukulele that I really enjoy, and uh, I'm heading to Hawaii, I think. All right. That's, that's very cool. Well, you know, as someone over 17 or so, uh, you know, what's your take on this whole Pokemon uh, uh, Go deal? Because I continue to be confused about it. Can you explain why a lot of grown adults uh, are into this more than porn right now? Well, because they weren't getting they were they they, they weren't getting their fantasies realized by playing guitars, so they went virtual with it. There's probably going to be a virtual lap dance uh, program pretty soon. Too, huh. I think, if That's that incredible. Exist <laughs> you were on it, weren't you? Super. Well, um. Let me ask you this. Where do you see music going in the next decade? Will it soon be a like a total individual experience where we consume our music you know, in complete privacy, kind of like our bathroom habits? Uh, you know, okay, except for prisoners, it'll probably be, always be a communal experience for them. But you get it. Like, earbuds on 24-7? Well, I think bearded men in kilts will stand around a campfire going, oh, yo, yo, that'll be one side of it. And then the other side of it will be like um, the Pokemon people making bleep, blop, 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 and that'll be music too. So it'll be in two directions at the same time. Wow, you can answer two, sh- two questions at the same time. This guy's deep, right? Th- that is very good. All right, super. What's the name of the, uh, the next song? This one is called Circle in Time. It's a tune that uh, I put on a prior record. It's a more acoustic version. But this one I did um, on the new record is sort of a jazz Brubecky thing, All but right. I'm going back to a more acoustic stripped down song because it's one of my favorite songs I've written. Alright, let's do it. I've had the time now to wander around Pretending I'm knowing just where I am going Never a thought to where I may be bound I'm coming full circle in time 
Circling back, making peace with this town Will it embrace me or will it erase me? Second impressions now on the rebound I'm coming full circle in time Whirling and swirling the memories now Do I remember the where, when, and how I was younger The hunger for life that I vowed Would never consume me I let it flow through me And swirling the memories now Do I remember the where, when, and how I was younger The hunger for life that I vowed Would never consume me I let it flow through me I've had the time now to wander around Pretending I'm knowing just where I am going Never a thought to where I may be bound I'm coming full circle in time I'm coming full circle in time This is the Spud Goodman Show Hi everybody, this is Dick Dale King of the surf guitar, or king of the surf rock guitar, or king of heavy metal, <laughs> as many say. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, and what a great guy he is. But you know what's funny? When I was in the Air Force and they were punishing me, they used to make me peel a hundred spuds. <laughs> hey, yes, uh, Spud. Yeah? Your last guest, Kevin McDonald, is on hold. Okay, you know, this is one more Kids in the Hall member I can check off my to-do list. You know, now that we've had two other Kids in the Hall members on, this time I know where they got their name. And, and no, it's not that they're kids, because, you know, they're not exactly teenagers. It comes from that line from the Sid Caesar show back in the 50s, when a joke didn't work on a show, they would blame it on the yeah, kids. Yeah, on the young writers on his staff. I have heard that story a billion times from other Kids in the Hall fans, okay? Oh, oh, yeah. These guys have a ton of hardcore followers, myself included. Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. Well, I just wanted you to know I did my research this week. I I'm trying to cut down on my lack of knowledge of your guests, so how am I doing? Yeah, okay, I guess. Just know I'm ready to comment at any time during your interview. I'm prepared, Spud. Well, your preparation is not necessary, so don't butt in while I'm talking to him, okay? Yeah. Just put Kevin on. Yeah, here he is. Everyone say hey to actor, comedian, and podcast host Kevin McDonald. How's it hanging? Uh, good. Hey, there's no one around. I'm the only one that can say hey to myself. Hey. Hey, Kevin. Hi. Hi. Hey, Kevin. Super. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to have a founding member of the Kids in the Hall comedy troupe on our show. You're the third member. So far, we've had the privilege of speaking with... I'm number three! That's right. I'm number three! That's right. Dave Foley and Mark McKinney have been on previously. So, yeah. This is Excellent. Yeah, we're working down the list. So I have to ask, yeah. I have to ask this though, from enjoying your work so much over the years, how come you feel like you're the least popular member of the troupe? I highly disagree with your assessment. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, hopefully, I'm kidding. Um, uh, maybe it's based on some insecurity I have. Um, but uh, but this, I, I wrote a bunch of those in, uh, those sketches where I thought I was the worst one. But I'll tell you how I thought of the first one um, uh, by reading fan mail. 
Um, uh, I was reading fan mail one day. I was early in the office, and the others were there. And I read uh, fan mail to Bruce McCullough, and it said something like, uh, Dear Bruce, you're so dark. I can be your Garth Dark, uh, dark Princess. Please take me. And then I read uh, like a um, fan mail from Dave, and it was stuff like, Dave, you're so cute. Um, uh, will you please marry me? And then I read my fan mail, and it was always stuff like, um, Hey, Kevin, you seem nice. Could you tell Dave that I think he's cute and want to marry him? And then I thought... <laughs> all right, all right, super. That's for the record. Well, you have, yes. a, you have a new podcast out titled, coincidentally, The Kevin McDonald Show. What can fans expect when they download an episode? Well, um, uh, everything. Everything. I'm throwing everything in. You know, because we were doing different things. First, there's just going to be an interview thing like Mark Marin. Then it was just going to be comedy. So it's like a variety show. What I'm trying to do is make it like um, an older kind of um, radio show, like a Jack Benny kind of show, where it's going to be um, a comedy monologue. We'll have guests where um, we're going to be interviewing, who will be interviewing by we, I mean I. Uh, I speak to myself like the queen. But it's also going to be like a show within a show where it's also me dealing with the problems of doing a show on stage while doing the show. Oh. Um, which is not a super original idea. Jack Benny did it in the 40s or 30s. Um, but uh, I'm so old now, I don't have to be original. But I promise it will be funny. Well, I, I can't promise it will be funny. I promise I will try my best to make it funny. I can't guarantee everything. I'm not God. Well, I, I think Jack Benny's a damn good role <laughs> model to try to aspire to uh, meet his standards. That's just impressive. All right, super. Yes. Um, yeah, if I go down, I'm going to go down big. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, get, this is a question I want to hit you with. Given the current explosion of podcasts now invading the World Wide Web, I, I recently spoke with actor and podcast host Michael Rappaport about maybe the need for Big Brother to step in. As even my neighbor Phil has a podcast. It's all about taxidermy. You know, pretty soon, you know, you're going to be an anarchist if you don't have your own podcast. Full disclosure, you know, <laughs> I have my own podcast. So, anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, us aging comics, uh, we go on the road all the time and occasionally do the kids in the hall thing but we want to keep busy we keep pitching our TV show ideas but as we get older it gets harder even to, uh, to, to pitch them so um, the wonderful thing about podcasts is anyone can do them even old comics and and, um, and so that's why uh, <laughs> and it's and it's always what I wanted to do Let, let's touch a bit on the kids in the hall because I'm a massive fan so as comedy gods you know why have you guys and this relates to my our prior our prior uh, conversation about about podcasts because with television networks, why have they not given you your own stage, all of you guys, to create cool stuff? You could easily program a channel 24-7. The Kids in the Hall are a vastly <laughs> underutilized resource. Well, we have been sort of asked to do, um, to do stuff. Um, uh, the two shows, like they sort of do like Mr. Show kind of thing when they came back in Netflix to do two episodes. Yeah, uh, I guess that's not like legally TV. Um, but it, uh, it, it, it's so hard to get the five of us together at the same time. There's always one or two of us busy, but um, uh, we have so many new sketches already, and we, we would love to do that. Um, and, and that's definitely something we're thinking about in the future. It's just um, a matter of getting us all together before we start dying off. That's the that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, dying off time is coming soon. We yeah. still have a lot of energy right now. We have so much energy that we uh, we're doing lots of individual stuff. But uh, yeah, we agree with you, and we're um, and we do have offers uh, in Canada. We could do like um, a special every month, at, like up in the big station up here, CBC. It's just um, uh, it's just getting us together. I swear to you, we're gonna try for you. We're gonna try. Well, that's that's for the record. Uh, yeah, and the, the dying thing, that is like that is the downside of life, I guess. But anyway, well, let's, let's deal with the Canadian citizen thing, because I wanted to ask you this. You, 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 you know, you've spent a great deal of your life in the United States, too, so what do you see as the greatest difference in our two cultures? Well, um, the, 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 the reason 
that there is a difference. Uh, and uh, but the thing is, we look like you guys. We're like invaders from another planet. We look like you guys, but we have a different attitude. Um, we're uh, we're less. Um, I don't want to say aggressive. That sounds so. We're we're more insecure. Um, uh, you guys are way more secure than we are, and um, really? and we say sorry a lot. And <laughs> so if we look like you, but we we talk totally different uh, than you. Then uh, we um, we seem funny to you, whether we're funny or not. And um, but I think the big I always say this: if uh, stand-up comics were countries, uh, the states would be Andrew Dice Clay, and Canada would be Woody Allen. Oh, all right. Well, well. Let me how, let me ask you this: How's it having a prime minister who's cuter than any member of One Direction? I, I think they're still around, but I mean, you the guy's scary, good-looking. Does that bug you, Canadians? Because it would bug me. I like my politicians that look like me, you know, balding and a weak chin, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, we're delighted. We're delighted that we have a good-looking prime minister. Uh, we're we're delighted. He could be a movie star, and um, yes. and we're so we walk around uh, the street going, boy, I'm delighted that our prime minister looks so good, because it's weird for us. Usually they look like accountants. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and and this one has charisma too. So uh, it's so unlike that. us to have a good-looking, confident prime minister that we're just delighting it right now. We have dinner parties, and all we do is talk about how delighted we are with our good-looking prime minister. Just don't rub it in. I mean, when when we lose our really really cool president soon, I mean, yeah. Anyway, say, Spud. Yes, I, I don't want to interrupt your interview with Kevin, but but you did nonetheless. Uh, Kevin, uh, just a sec, just a brief moment, please. Okay. What? Sorry, sorry, but I wanted to remind you that you need to take your medication. You asked me not to let you forget to take it before the show was over. I know, but it can wait, okay? It's it's not a problem. Can I ask? I mean, I, I know we're on the air, but what kind of medicine are you taking now? Well, well, it's not exactly medicine. It's this homeopathic stuff I got at the health food store. Oh. It's supposed to grow hair, hopefully on the top of my head. Didn't I read that homeopathic treatments were of no value and considered a medical hoax? Well, this isn't about my health. It's about growing my hair back. That's way more important. And even if there's like a 1% chance a couple follicles will sprout up, it's well worth the cost. You really need to give up that fight, Spud. Genetics are the key, not magic pills. I, of course, was blessed with a full, lustrous head of hair. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But others such as yourself needn't feel unattractive just because thinning hair looks so visually unappealing. Yeah, I think I'm pretty aware of that already. I mean, do you know how tough it is getting any interest on Christian Mingle or Match.com with weak hair? Why do you think I wear a baseball hat all the time? But they say, they recommend, though, on their pictures, you have to have... No hats, no hats. So I make sure the picture is below the hairline, okay? I mean, now you brought this up and you've increased my self-hatred to new heights. Thank you very much. Now let me get back to Kevin. Okay, but just know, I do feel your pain as it would be unbearable for me to face the cards you've been dealt. I appreciate your pity. Thanks. Hey, Kevin, had a momentary distraction, but I'm back. I'm pretending it's an old radio show. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to hit you with my uh, required... And it's, it's in my contract with my cliche uh, show business question, so I want to h- close with this. Uh, what has been your most memorable moment, uh, Kevin, in your case, as a Kids in the Hall member? Can you can you pull up a, an experience or a memory? As a Kid in the Hall member, oh, they're all long stories. Um, uh, I have a memorable moment that happened um, not with the Kids in the Hall. Can I say that one? Sure. Uh, it happened. At, well, the, the Kids in the Hall are to blame. I was on the Seinfeld show. And um, uh, I was filming a scene and, um, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and my character had a joke um, uh, from the script that uh, Jerry Seinfeld didn't like. 
and, um, and the two writers who wrote that script were with them on set, and they all started jamming different jokes. And I had just uh, finished uh, doing the TV show, and, uh, well, the kids in the hall, I just spent 15 years with them doing stage stuff and TV stuff, and that's what we did. So I forgot where I was, and I got into the spirit, and I started, and I suggested a joke, and we were shooting outside, and as soon as I suggested a joke, the, um, I swear to God, everyone looked down at their feet, the skies turned dark, thunder was heard in the distance, and Jerry Seinfeld turned to me and said, no, because I guess you're not supposed to say jokes on a set, which I totally understand. We'd be mad if someone did it in the kids in the hall set, but that's how they got me in trouble with Jerry Seinfeld. So Jerry's a, a joke Nazi, huh? Wow. <laughs> wow, that's okay. That's for the I, I did not know this. All right, super. Well, I, I need to remind everyone now uh, about the new podcast. So let me do this. Uh, yes. People need to flock to the Forever Dog Podcast Network and follow the Kevin McDonald Show. Why? Because it's going to be damn good. That's why. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So I want to thank you very, very much for calling into our radio program. Thank you for answering when I called. Yeah, you, absolutely. There you have it, Mr. Kevin McDonald. Yay or boo! This is the Spud Goodman Show. I'm still not over my surprise. Hey, Spud, we have a call from Lawrence Holding. Uh, you know, he's supposed to do his public sector food review now. Are you ready for him? Uh, yeah, I guess. I think he's way up in Alaska this week. Put oh. him through. Hey, man, are you there? Uh, you, Spud, you don't have to shout. Okay, yeah. Yes, but I'm here now. I'm speaking to you from the Coast Guard Integrated Command Base in Kodiak, Alaska, man. Yeah, I'm wearing like three coats right now. I'm sweating like a pig. Or, or do pigs sweat? Uh, oh, I should Google that. Yeah. Anyway, I guess they have summer weather up here, too. It was like 80 degrees today. Yeah, I read it's pretty nice up there this time of year. I mean, you really could get by with just a hoodie. Yeah, uh, but Lawrence, just be careful with the wild animals up there. I've read about people getting eaten by bears and moose just while they're walking around. Never fear, Smith is here. Uh, moose aren't carnivores, dude. Oh. Don't you ever watch anything on Animal Planet? <laughs> hey, so Lawrence, how's the food at the Coast Guard base? Well, I just left the mess hall to make this call. I had the privilege to break bread with the Coast Guard's finest here in the Kodiak, and I must say I was pleasantly surprised by the level of Novel cuisine displayed in the mess hall here. At times, it was spectacular, and yes, there were a few items served that were a bit subpar, but for the most part, very impressive. Good! So what kind of dress code do they have in the Coast Guard? On nice dates, can they wear like board shorts or maybe a tank top? Like like one that didn't, you know, didn't have anything too racy printed on it. it. It sounds like a great branch of the service to go into. Well, yeah, I didn't see anyone in shorts or cutoffs in the mess hall. Mostly just denims of the usual military look. If it wasn't that you had to be a decent swimmer to get into the Coast Guard, I would have given it a shot after I got out of high school. It would have been cool, you know, to travel all over the place, like Kodiak and Key West, Florida, those kind of places. Hey, you know, my uncle served in the Coast Guard, and he loved it. I remember when my brother and I were little, he used to tell us some really inappropriate stories about what he and his fellow Coast Guardsmen would do while on Liberty. They were all kinds of perversions that's a military term spud they use it for having time off to I unwind and, oh boy did they unwind from what he told us it was actually somewhat unsettling for a 10 year old like myself to hear some of those stories about you know, prostitutes and drinking i now do question his the judgment military, in man sharing that with me and my little brother doesn't seem right that's how a guy learns about it. stuff that matters it's always an uncle or a neighbor <laughs> that gives you this straight scoop about life huh. hey, 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 hey can i get back to my review yeah, here yeah. okay my bad yeah oh, go ahead yeah 
Oh, okay, okay. So I gave the lunch menu served today three and a half sporks. The theme was Asian cuisine and the stir-fry offerings, along with the balsamic rice, were top-notch all the way. Not too greasy or overcooked. Nice touch was a side dish of curry that had just the right pungent tone that you could only be prepared by someone who had intimate knowledge of the East Asian version. Yeah, well, well, now let's get to the stuff that really matters. How are the desserts? Uh, well, yeah, okay, the pineapple upside-down cake left a little bit to be desired. It was a little too spongy for my taste. But I have to give my first five-spork rating to the unbelievable, yes, you knew this had to be on the menu, Baked Alaska, yes. I love it's the best it. I ever had. If I had six spork rating to give, I would have gladly given it. Wow. Okay, hey, well, you know, we're out of time, so I got to go, but... Go back to the mess hall and grab me a piece or two and tell them it's, you know, for your little kid or something. I love baked Alaska, man. So, ha- hey, have a nice bus trip back, but we, we, we got to go. All right, all right. I'll see if they have any leftovers. I'll get you a piece too, Gary. Well, it, it's it's Gerald, but but thanks. Yeah. Hey, you know, Spud, I wanted to run something by Gina, if you don't mind. Well, I, I think she should really help out the show by sprucing up a bit. Wow. Gerald... Wow. I'm not advocating she dye her hair blonde, but... Listen, leave her out of this conversation. Gina, I apologize. You have to listen to this garbage. Do not waste your time in responding to him. Gerald, could you just not say anything so I can find something to laugh at here? I mean, you're killing me. Okay, okay. Uh, But all I'm saying is with a little makeover, Gina herself could pick up our ratings a bit by being dolled up a little. And and we could do an ad campaign on Facebook featuring her, at least until we could possibly hire someone to fill this role. I'm not saying Gina has to wear miniskirts or anything, just something to showcase her legs. Seriously, Gerald? But have you seen the angles Fox News goes with on their shows? Yes, I have. They lead with the legs. Boy, do the women on that channel have great legs. I mean, my wife Rachel has amazing legs, but much more attractive legs than their on-air staff. Yeah, yeah, I I read about how Roger Ailes made the women on Fox News sit at angles where the camera guys can focus on their physique. Why would any woman let a dude tell them how to sit? And some on-air staff said he directed the hair and makeup people on how to make sure their Stepford anchor, you know, anchors had that look down. I'm talking to the mascara and the sh- to the shade of lip gloss even. All that for jiggle jaggle is not beautiful. Well, you have all your photos shot on the best side, don't you, Spud? Well, left, I think. Yeah. I-, I thought a few weeks ago I would have sworn I saw blush on you. I'm just saying. Yeah, a lot of us have been wondering about Spud's sudden facial glow. At least he hasn't gotten Botox yet. Or if so, it sure doesn't show. Look, I have experimented with the blush thing a bit. On orders from our executive producer, she says shots from my right side make me look like, you know, I have quadruple chins, and she wanted me to put some color on my face for pictures with a musical guest. You know, I guess she thinks I'm a little washed out. Mm -hmm. I don't buy it, and there's no way I'm getting that spray tan she says I should look into. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, we all want to look our best at work, Spud. Can I ask if the stories are true about you getting Botox treatments? Because if so, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I heard Rush Limbaugh get some each month. Don't go comparing me to Limbaugh. I just did it once, okay? Okay, I'll change the subject here. But listen, regarding Gina... I already said leave Gina out of this conversation. For goodness sake, Gerald. 
Hey, don't worry about what this dinosaur says. We are not going the madman route on this show, no matter how much it would help with the ratings. Well, if you want to sabotage the future of the show, then okay. But don't whine next time you look at how we're doing with the numbers. At least I'm on record on how to improve things around here. The answer is... I guess you're comfortable hosting a counterculture radio show directed with an audience of, well, what are they called, slackers? Yeah, my base. Yeah. I hope you're done now, as this show's about to be. My name is Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Copyright 2016, Spud Goodman Productions.